make crop circles in Pennsylvania. I want to make a fucking crop circle. <laughs> Please. Oh, God damn it. Let me do it. Welcome to the Fright of Your Life podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Tara. And we are here to walk you through the 100 scariest movie moments of all time. As determined by the Bravo TV network in the year 2004. And today, the movie with the 77th scariest movie moment of all time is Science, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Let's go! From the year 2002, I believe. It sure is. There was a hot minute, though, where I was like, is this a period piece? Are we in the 1950s? (laughs) So the thing is, based on our brief text conversations, (laughs) I think one of us might like this movie a lot more than the other one. And that's okay. That is okay. I often was pausing this movie like half in outrage, but half in delight. (laughs) I am just like really... I just really loved this movie, unfortunately. No, that's I awesome. I really, really liked it. This was, I said to you, Tara, that despite his best efforts, I'm very fond of M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> for whatever reason. He's just a silly, goofy guy. Like, he makes it hard because he does such bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But something about the audacity of him makes me really fond of him. <laughs> right. No, and I want to be clear, like, I did cry at the end of this movie. Oh, but, my oh, God. I have so many... Fa- I have... Oh, it's going to be a whole thing, guys. I'm sorry. Should we just jump right into it? Yes. Uh, but before we do, as a quick blanket yes. statement, fuck Mel Gibson. Oh, my God. That's right. I, I was thinking want, like. I just want to like lay that out before we get into it, because like he is the lead of this movie and we're going to be talking about him a lot. And I don't want to every time yeah. like, Mel Gibson be like, but fuck him. We hate him. Like, yeah, he's so a huge just, piece of shit. Just to lay it out there before we say anything. Just fuck him blanketly. Yeah, like, Jewish people deserve rights and to be treated like humans. Yeah, Shocker. Jewish people, gay people, black people. Trans people, yeah. All like people he hates. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I know we normally do content warnings and trigger warnings in the description of the podcast, but because I am how I am and I'm currently dealing with this, um, I just want to put, like, a big old trigger warning for grief. Um, because, like, there are discussions of grief in the movie, but I'm going to exacerbate those discussions. Um, because I did have a close friend pass away recently. So, like, sorry for that. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to deal with it. <laughs> they're going to deal yeah. with it. They're going to turn off the podcast. And that's how it goes. <laughs> and that's fair. And if you got to turn off the podcast, that's cool. That's okay. Oh, yeah. We're not um, mad at you if you turn off the podcast. That wasn't me being mad at you. No, it was. Thank was you. Just me being aggressive. So the first thing that happened to me when I was watching this movie is that I went on to Tubi and I saw the cat and like I knew Mel Gibson was going to be in this and I knew Joaquin Phoenix was in this. Um, But somehow looking at like the picture of the tinfoil hat trio on the couch, I did not realize Rory Culkin was the little boy. And I saw his name and I went, oh my God, I can't believe a Culkin is in this film. Thank fucking God. You know? And Rory no less. And Rory no fucking less. <laughs> like, come on. That's the thing is, I will absolutely only be using actor names because every main yeah. character is an actor that is, for better or worse, iconic. Yeah, like so famous. <laughs> yeah. It's like ridiculous. Like it's really like only Mel Gibson is, for worse, iconic. Like everyone else is just like a wonderful, famous actor that I like. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just wild because I really liked the opening credits and it's just like this really cool music and these like blue flashy screens with everybody's name on it. And it's like, it's just, it's like all 
I don't want to say all killer, no filler, because like one of them is a one fucking, filler. <laughs> yeah, one filler. But all it's killer, like, one filler. Um, it's like Mel Gibson, Cherry Jones, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Rory Culkin, Abigail Breslin, and then somebody else because she was still a baby. But it was like, oh my god, it's like, just hit after hit after hit. I, and then like it was like casting director Douglas Abel, and, and I, I was, was like, like yeah. man, you were so close, dude. <laughs> you almost fucking nailed it. So immediately. We are like in a shot for shot. And I realized this movie came out 11 years before Interstellar. But here's the thing is that we're in a shot for shot. Same opening as Interstellar. Like Nan sits up in bed, is sweaty, lives on a farm full of corn. It was was crazy. (laughs) So he's on his farm and we learn that he's an ex-priest like immediately through like a very smart set dressing. I thought like he exits his room and you can see on the wall, there's like a like dust outline of where yeah, the crucifix the was hanging, but now it's just, it's been taken off the wall, but you can see where it was. And you, so you're like, Oh, something has happened here. Yeah. And just like establish that. And there's a picture of him, I think with his like little priest outfit, his little collar. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. 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 I see. I didn't notice that the priest thing. I didn't get the priest thing until Cherry Jones was like father. And I was like, huh? Oh, <laughs> And his brother, Joaquin Phoenix, who's it? Meryl, 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 Joaquin Phoenix, lives like out in the yard. <laughs> yeah, he lives in like a barn because he moved in with his brother to live with him after his wife died to help take care of his kids. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. And they've been awoken by the sound of screaming. They both have like just peak physical comedy reactions to the sound of this child screaming like because um mel gibson graham i'm gonna keep calling him mel gibson no they're all too famous for us to call them their character it's ridiculous (laughs) he's brushing his teeth and then we hear the child screaming and he just like he like swoops right into the doorway of the bathroom it's like perfectly done it's so funny this movie's like really funny i laughed a lot during this no it is that's it's hilarious it's a really funny movie and scare like it really scared me. It really made me laugh. It made me cry. Yeah. It's just like I think it's just really good. No, I don't dislike. It's just that like this is my issue is that like every M Night Shyamalan movie I watch it and I'm like, huh, I have notes, but okay, <laughs> like I can't, like I get it. It's just some things I'm like, why did we need to do this? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but like if Mel Gibson like swooping into the bathroom doorframe isn't good. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix I what did I write down the way Joaquin Phoenix moves in this movie is unlike anything I've seen he hears that child screaming and he hurtles out of his bed like he's a modern dancer it's crazy (laughs) like he's like in an Alvin Ailey dance piece like like it's It's so wild it's like you know how he dances in Joker (laughs) it's like that but if he were like sprinting while that was happening and like fully horizontal yes he's like flying through the air he gets so much air he's He's like like, 10 feet off the ground he's like kids in danger must fly (laughs) okay i like that we're on the same page about this i'm just an asshole (laughs) i was just like (laughs) no that's good So they hear kids screaming, so they go into the kids' room, and the kids are not in their room, which is yeah. so frightening. And, like, mind you, this is the first, like, minute of the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just fucking in it, which I think is so cool. Like, they're just like, here we go. No, that's so true. I don't remember what establishes this, but my next note just says, ah, brother. <laughs> it's like, I didn't realize they were in the same family because they're in different, they're in different little, um, 
farmhouses yeah one of which is a barn i'm pretty just, sure like, lives in the yard it's so funny but they they like follow the sound of the screaming i think into the cornfield um, yeah they just like run into the cornfield and they're yelling their the kids names i think i, no, I don't know they, well they find morgan first and he's like where's Bo?" and i was like Bo!" like as like, if we Bo were gonna burnham? see Bo burnham yeah because <laughs> it smelled like b-o Bo. i was like he's yeah here. yeah <laughs> literally but it's actually like a little five-year-old abigail breslin <laughs> similar if you think about playing it. like her classic character of like a clairvoyant baby <laughs> that was i had really recently watched little miss sunshine for the first time before oh my watching god this movie. yeah so i was having like a lot of peak child abigail breslin content yeah holy shit it's just like a similar vibe even the little miss sunshine like is just a kid just that whole like wise beyond her years thing exactly yeah just like a little adult trapped in a child body I just realized, I think I'm totally wrong about it, because I was thinking of the last Mimsy, but I don't know if that's her. I don't think that's her, but I know That's just like another child. <laughs> yeah, no, fully. Nobody, nobody that I'm thinking was in this movie was in that movie. Classic right, well, Mimsy. Whoa, whoops. They run into the cornfield and they find Rory Culkin, uh, whose character's name is Morgan. Mm -hmm. I doubt I will ever be calling him that. But he's standing in the cornfield and he just says, I think God did it. And I said, hello? (laughs) Literally. So Mel Gibson tilts his little face like so that he's looking at him because he's like, what's going on? What's wrong? And then he says, I think he says, I think God did it. And then he tilts Mel Gibson's face out to the camera. And we're looking at a big ass crop circle and their dogs just like barking ferociously <laughs> at it houdini which at the mention of dogs and houdini i have to say trigger warning for animal death that happens pretty early on but like good god does it happen oh it's a lot that's the second they were like houdini peed i think he's scared i was like that dog's gonna die huh houdini's fucked yo it was as i was going on to does the dog die.com to figure <gasps> no. out that i looked up and houdini was dead and i was like oh he got punched real hard in the stomach oh my Sorry. god um, at some point on the bottom of the screen they're like bucks county pennsylvania and i was like ah! i was so pissed yeah i forgot that every m night Shyamalan movie takes place in pennsylvania which like I mean, except for, I don't know, is the beach that turns you old in Pennsylvania? (laughs) Mel Gibson's on the phone with his buddy Lee, and he says a bunch of lines that I felt so certain were a voiceover until I looked up and saw that he was on the phone. That's my main gripe, I think, with M. Night Shyamalan, is sometimes people say things and I'm like, what? (laughs) That was, I texted Riley and I was like, do you think M. Night Shyamalan has ever heard a human conversation? (laughs) Yeah, I wrote, okay, this phone conversation fully sounds like voiceover, number one. And number two, Lionel and the Wolfington Brothers? Okay, I was trying to remember, because they come up later, and to be transparent, I watched this movie like two weeks ago, so some of my notes are spotty. And that's very fair. Basically, what's ha- what happens here is I was just very shocked by like the names Lionel and the Wolfington brothers. I thought those were very impressive names and they don't show up. And so I was shocked about that. Yeah, like they get referenced again, which is when they came up in my notes. And I was like, yeah. who was that? They're like the town ne'er-do-wells. And so um, yes, okay. the initial thinking is that, uh, or at least... Um, that's right. Okay. Mel Gibson's initial thought is that it's like the local like ne'er-do-wells messing with his crops like to scare people um and he's like friends with lee pritchard who is lionel pritchard's dad um and i who knows who the fuck the wolfington brothers are 
But regardless, he calls Sheriff Cherry Jones about it. Let's go. And so she shows up to investigate. And like, I just love that woman. She's so awesome. I could listen to her read the phone book. I The way she yes. speaks. And like, because also my roommate and I just watched the two episodes of Succession that she's on. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's just so mesmerizing and incredible. And I love everything she does. And like, furthermore, cannot believe she was only on two episodes of that show. Like, it seems yeah, like that doesn't she was feel in right. so much of Succession and she was in two episodes. That's nuts. Her oh impact. God. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so she shows up and she's like looking at the crop circles and she's like, this seems like a little too perfect. This is weird. And like they're basically having a conversation of like, how could this be possible? It's like clear nobody drove the weeds, the weeds, <laughs> the corn like drove over it or anything because it's like not broken. Like what machine could possibly have done this? And like mm-hmm. it's things are spooky already. Yeah. Um, we get our first a glimpse of Abigail Breslin's like water thing. Yes. She keeps leaving unfinished glasses of water around the house because she doesn't want to drink the tap water and she like doesn't even want to give it to the dog. She's like, this water tastes funny. It's weird and it's gross. She says it's contaminated. And mind you, the next morning after I watched this movie, I woke up and I went into the room in our apartment we use as our office and my roommate was there and they said, our water tastes funny today. And I literally, no. I like got so scared. That's terrifying. <laughs> I got I so hate fucking that. scared. It was just because we had to replace our Brita filter and we did. Oh yeah. But like the timing of that made me shit my pants. That's absolutely terrifying. Cause like they, um, they haven't seen signs. They weren't like trying to fuck with me. They don't, they didn't know. <laughs> but on the topic of, um, of Abigail Breslin, not wanting to give the water to the dog. It was also funny. Cause she says, this is contaminated. And then Rory goes, you don't even know what that word means. I was like, she just used it perfectly in a <laughs> sentence. Um, but he's like, give it to the dog. The dog licks his own butt. And she does. <laughs> and then Houdini says, fuck your water. It yes. is contaminated. Houdini's like barking and growling and that's when Sheriff Cherry Jones says all the animals have been acting funny as if they've seen a predator. Dogs always know. Speaking of dogs, this is when I was like, hmm, there's a dog in this movie. I'm worried about it. So I looked up doesthedogdie.com and then I heard Rory Culkin like crying because he just killed Houdini. He like stabbed and killed the dog. Mel Gibson comes back. He's like, what the fuck's going on here? The dog is dead. And Rory Culkin's like, Houdini was like freaking out. He's being really aggressive and he was going to kill Bo. And I'm like, oh, fucking these kids are so traumatized. Who's that guy? I bet he did kill his dog. <laughs> um. <laughs> Is that a Culkin? Was he in Home Alone? No, he wasn't. <laughs> Hey, bad news for our listeners is it's not about to get better because here's what I had to say (laughs) next. So Morgan Rory Culkin gets up and he's upset because he just killed one of his two dogs. And um, Mel Gibson like pats his shoulder because it's your kid. You want to come for your kid. But he like pushes his hand off. And I went, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. (laughs) So I don't deserve rights. And that's okay. No. No, you do. Imagine if a Culkin was Edward Cullen. <laughs> that would have been so based. I feel oh like my god! Them, I feel like Rory was probably the right age. One of them had to Rory be. Rory would have been so good. Rory would have been so good as Edward Cullen. I mean, obviously Robert Pattinson was good, and we love he him. Was. We he was. We love Robert job. Pattinson on the pod. We do. But imagine if it was Rory um, Culkin. <laughs> that would have been. I think that would have been fucking awesome. That would have been iconic. Um, anyway sorry <laughs> i don't know if i used based correctly there i'm embarrassed i don't know either 
So um, <laughs> I think based means good. Right? <laughs> God. Fuck I'm me. So, no, fuck me also. So Rory Culkin killed his dog. <laughs> you can't threaten a Culkin. They'll throw you in jail. Rory Culkin um, burned down a church and killed a dog. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is like, and they still don't know what we're talking about with the burning down the church thing. They don't know because I talked about the movie Lords of Chaos for 45 minutes of a podcast. <laughs> and the thing is, you're going to cut it out of here again, I bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just me every episode getting you to say you're going to burn down a church. <laughs> And then cutting out all the incriminating evidence that you said. It's just, I'm Timmy Turner, and I stole from my mom's purse. (laughs) This podcast is going to be 70 years long. Like, we're just about to get to the funniest part of the whole movie, and I'm going to, like, I'm already, I've lost it. I've lost it. So, Mel Gibson is like, okay, one dog just went, like, insane. A lot of the animals in the area are going insane. So, he tells Meryl to tie up Isabel, like, in the That's garage right. and i was like who's isabel and then i see i saw the other german shepherd and i was like oh, okay sorry but like to have one dog named houdini and one dog and named isabel? isabel like one pet name i mean houdini is a human name like me being like one pet name and one human name but like isabel no, but is like, like a person name no exactly so that night while everyone is sleeping abigail breslin wakes up her father mel gibson by saying there's a monster outside my room can i have a glass of water like she iconic she knows exactly what to say to get what she wants he goes what's wrong with the water in your bed she goes it tastes old i'm like okay facts sometimes that happens what if a beach were to make that water old <laughs> fuck an idea was born that day M. Knight said, have you ever read Sandcastle? Um, she says to him, why do you talk to mom when you're by yourself? And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, and she goes, does she ever answer you? And he says, no. And then she says, she never answers me either. I... And that made me sad. <laughs> and then there's like a jump scare. I was like, what? Yes. So, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so they're having this heart to heart. And then he looks out the window and there's someone yeah, on yeah. the roof. Yeah. It's yeah. so scary. <laughs> it's like what because like you're so in this conversation that's like yeah this girl talking about her dead mom like trying to talk to her dead mom and then he looks outside and it's just like alien on the roof it's insane i love shit like that i think that's great oh, so this is the funniest part of the whole movie you're exactly right this you guys i cannot overstate how hard this part of the movie made me laugh this is it's so fucking so funny. funny this is i think when i started texting you like this made me mad because it was like mel gibson being so hilarious and i'm like how yeah. dare you sir how dare you be so funny but sometimes people who are just raging pieces of shit can do things well and that's frustrating uh-huh. mel gibson gets gets joaquin phoenix <laughs> and they're like at the door and they're like all right it's lionel pritchard and the wolfington brothers and i was like oh these guys the villains of the movie <laughs> yeah they're fucking with us um he's like we're gonna go out there and we're gonna r-. he's like we're gonna run at them so fast from opposite sides of the house <laughs> like it, this is like an elaborate plan and he goes <laughs> He literally says, he's like, the plan is we're going to go outside and act crazy, is exactly what he says. Yeah. And then fucking Mel Gibson goes, explain, act crazy. <laughs> and Joaquin's like, you know, like, we're going to like curse. We're going to be insane with anger or something like that. He says, you have to act insane with anger. Yeah. And, and he's he like, takes that to heart. He takes that personally. <laughs> literally. And he's like, but I can't curse. Like, and he's like, Oh, why not? You don't mean it. It's fine. And he's like, no, like it's not believable. 
<laughs> what? He knows himself. He's right. He is right. And he goes, okay, so just make a lot of noises. And he goes, explain noises. <laughs> and this is when I texted you, has M. Night Shyamalan ever heard a human convert? Like, I was like, dad's the alien. <laughs> He's acting like one. <laughs> he is. Joaquin and Phoenix goes, it's time for an ass woman. And he goes, this is not an intelligent way to approach this situation. <laughs> Lee Pritchard is a friend of mine. This is his son. And I was like, oh, thank you. Okay. Now we know who they are. I did, in <laughs> fact, need that. It's true. We do need it. It's just such a, like whenever he gets exposition to deliver, he's like, oh, it's exposition. So I have to say it like I'm delivering exposition. And yeah. it's like, no, Mel, you don't have to do he's that. Like, oh, I'm in an alien movie. I'm going to act like an alien. <laughs> Literally, like much like many other things you don't have to do. <laughs> but so, OK, so we've established that it's time to act insane with anger. And how would you how would you act insane with anger? I think maybe what I would do is that I would run outside and I would yell, I'm insane with anger. (laughs) It's just Mel Gibson running full speed going, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) With no emotion. (laughs) Ah, I'm insane with anger. Like, fuck, it's so funny. Like, God damn it. Is it funny? It really is. That's later at some point, some other like little thing happens. And I was like, please, someone let M. Night Shyamalan write a comedy. He needs to get it out of his system. It's so fucking funny. No, that's sorry. The thing is, he is genuinely funny, but sometimes, and like, this was great. I loved that moment. Yeah. But sometimes for me, he is very funny at the absolute wrong time. <laughs> he just like has a goof he has to get out. And it's like, now's not the time, M. Night. Yeah. Or even sometimes he's not funny at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I also was confused. Like, I didn't understand. I mean, like, I knew there were going to be aliens, but, like, I I did think somehow. What I thought was that Lionel Pritchard was on the roof, and they, like, they were like, what is that? Like, I can't tell what that thing even is. And it was going to be because, like, Lionel Pritchard was, like, turning into an alien. Mm. But it didn't matter what I thought because the movie was too dark for me to tell what was happening. Because they see something that we don't entirely see, but that, like, leads them to believe it isn't Lionel. Like, they're like, oh, okay, that couldn't yeah. be him. I I think it's because it's really tall is what that it is. That makes sense. That makes but sense. But they're all like, well, it's dark. Like, we don't know what we saw, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Because here, unfortunately, I got too focused on the fact that something was up there, David Stevensing, around on the roof. Yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> literally, any being and or person gets up in a high place and runs around. <laughs> and I'm like, have you seen Shallow Grave? <laughs> And that's why I'm single. So anyway. (laughs) So Caroline is there the next morning because they call the police and they're like, uh, some fucking tall guy was on our roof. (laughs) And much like me being like, it was too dark. I couldn't see what was happening. They're like, it was too dark. We couldn't see anything. And she's like, right, right, right. Okay. But when am I looking for somebody really tall or really short? And they're like, um not really (laughs) short so she's like so tall they're just like entirely unable to describe who or what they saw so sheriff cherry jones is like i don't know what to tell you and they're like this man was tall we think and she's like you know it could have been a woman and they're like no women can't run (laughs) women are slow and short and she's like guess what i saw the olympics and that has led me to understand that women can run fast (laughs) like She's not like, hey, fuck you. You know, women can commit crimes also. She's like, you know, the Olympics, I just found out. <laughs> but then after being like, hey, fuck you guys, she also has a really nice moment with Joaquin Phoenix where like she yeah. pulls him aside. and She's like, I just want you to know, like, you're doing a really good thing here 
by helping your brother and his kids. And he said this is something that made me really sad where he's like, I just, I don't know if I'm helping. And Cherry Jones says to him, you are. And I'm like, if Cherry Jones looked me in my eyes and told me I was doing a good thing, I would break down and sob for the rest of my life, probably. She also does a really sweet thing because she's like in a lot of the beginning of this movie. And so in my head, she was going to come back and be like surrogate mommy, which we didn't even need, which was kind of like, yeah, (laughs) again, Tara said, fuck women. Um, We don't need a mom, but like you don't need brothers. What I was trying to say was like, I was trying to get to the point of being like, and you don't need a mother. You could have two men raise kids and they don't go insane. It's true. And like, sometimes those two men are brothers, but sometimes those two men are in love and like, fuck you. So, okay. So this is when I was like, okay, it is 2002 because Abigail Breslin is watching Dexter's laboratory. Yes she is cherry jones has her like police radio out on the table before this whole conversation happens and rory culkin's like looking at it and she's like oh do you like my radio and he's like yeah she's like for now you can use bo's old baby monitor it only goes one way but it's still kind of cool and he's like oh great um and that's gonna be super important in a minute (laughs) yes indeed and then we also get like concrete evidence not evidence but we get like concrete confirmation that um mel gibson left the church because she's been calling him father and he's like, don't call me that. So you're kind of like, all right. But she says, like, do you think anybody could be like fucking with you because they're mad you left the church? Yeah. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. There you go. But then I think we sort of quickly realize that this isn't just about Mel Gibson because one of the kids says the same show is playing on every station. And what it is, is a news report about crop circles popping up all over the world. And like, not to be dramatic, but that's scary to me. That is scary. See, I was too busy being a dick and I wrote, the aliens can't get enough of Dexter's lab. (laughs) But I was just like, holy shit. Like, imagine you're just watching the news one day and there's aliens all of a sudden. No, that's a really good point. See, that would be so scary. (laughs) That's like, I'm like a bad horror movie watcher because sometimes I don't get scared because I'm just too busy. Like, I don't know what. It's like, I'm too busy taking fucking notes. I don't even watch them. Because like, not that it's the same thing at all, but I was thinking of it like in terms of the COVID pandemic and like watching the news and being like, this is shit that only happens in movies like this isn't real life and like no, literally. that's really scary and it's like a similar feeling of yes like, there's aliens now <laughs> no because at one point joaquin phoenix this is like way later but he's in the closet and he's like they closed the schools and i was like oh jesus Fuck. christ this is when my notes say i can feel my personality shifting i'm about to get really into aliens <laughs> <laughs> i love that oh but the newscaster or like a scientist or somebody has the funniest line first of all before i go into this like stupid thing and i am mean i really love how global this is the whole time yes the scale yeah like things are always going on and like things are going on in india and brazil and like germany like i don't fucking know like all (laughs) over the place it's not just like it's so good because it's not just like oh america like mel gibson's farm it's like no the fucking world yeah and it's like it's not just like and it's happening in oklahoma and new york and san francisco like which is i think a lot of american movies tend to do yeah um however the newscaster says uh either this is one of the most elaborate hoaxes ever created or basically it's for real (laughs) (laughs) fucking me (laughs) like losing my shit live on air that's the thing like he's right and like that is a really good detail it just made me chuckle like so hard (laughs) at perhaps the wrong moment but also there we get this really cute moment where this happens every once in a while where rory culkin will just take a little puff of his inhaler and then say something really cute (laughs) and he goes extraterrestrials (laughs) it's so cute Sorry, my voice like skipped out on me there. No, that sounded just like him is the thing. Thank you. That's like, okay, you know that I mean this with the utmost respect, but those Culkins just look asthmatic. (laughs) (laughs) You're 
right? Oh my god! Like, every Culkin looks like they have asthma. That's exactly how to say. Holy shit! No, because we were talking about the Edward Cullen thing, and I was like, and Rory looks so sickly. It's perfect. Like I think they're hot. I think the Culkins are so hot. No. But they look asthmatic. We got to get Allie on the podcast. Talk about like the sick Victorian boy thing. (laughs) I want to feed him soup. I want to put him in my pocket. I want (laughs) to shake him around in a jar. (laughs) I want to study him like a bug. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of asthma, the family all needs to go into town to go to the pharmacy and pick up Rory Culkin's inhaler. Um, (laughs) So Mel Gibson goes to the pharmacy to deal with that. And Rory Culkin wants to go into the bookstore. And I don't remember what happens, but I made a note that he walks into the bookstore in such a funny way. Do you remember what he did? Yes. Yes. I know okay. exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So they drive into the city and the music is so beautiful. I love the score for this yes. film. Yes. It's, it's like John somebody yes. Howard. Hold on. You're I think so it's John right. Brian Howard. Let it's me look this beautiful. up. Beautiful. I cried a few times during this movie and a lot of it was because like something really big and emotional was happening, but also the fucking music that was playing. It's incredible, which is like another reason I was like, this is just proto interstellar, like the gorgeous soundtrack. And even there were some moments where I thought the theme sounded similar, which is like not true. So fucking good. James Newton Howard. So good. Fucking killed it. Um, And it's just this like beautiful shot of them driving into Pennsylvania, like into like the town. I'm going to watch this movie again today. <laughs> no, do it. The thing is, like, I, 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 I do really like this movie. I just had so many things that I wanted to make jokes about. No, it's hilarious. Also, we don't get the pastor or the reverend or whatever the fuck, the dad, Mel Gibson. We don't get his name until 22 minutes in. And Cherry Jones says it almost like it's a plot twist as she's leaving the farm <laughs> after the TV debacle. She's That's like, so see funny. you later, Graham. And the reason she does it like that is because he keeps saying, don't call me father. But I was like, this is the plot twist. This is the M. Night Shyamalan plot twist is that his fucking name is Graham. So they drive in, they get out of the car and... um and Rory Culkin goes book money and I was so triggered because this week it was the book fair at school oh no and I lost my voice screaming at kids oh, like not screaming at them but just like having to yell over them to be like guys you need to be quiet so we can like do things yeah exhausting so he's walking towards the bookstore and he sticks his little hand out behind him for Abigail Breslin to grab <laughs> oh, oh, but he yes. like doesn't move he's like this yes <laughs> so funny and he looks like mad that she has to come with him almost maybe he's just like he sticks his little hand out i hate to say it but i am predictably myself but it's very roman roy exiting any room and like waving at someone behind his back oh my god no you're so right so fascinating to me the family body language (laughs) roman roy has asthma canon jesse hello (laughs) me emailing jesse armstrong (laughs) does roman have asthma because i think he looks like he does me calling Jesse Armstrong's personal telephone number. Season four of Succession is just the plot of signs. So he sticks out his little hand. And then I, I um, Joaquin Phoenix starts walking the other direction. And there's just like a sign that said like jewelers. And I'm sure it's just because there was a jeweler on the block where they were filming. But I was like, is he going to propose marriage to somebody? Because <laughs> it like looks to me, it looked like he was going to the jeweler. No. But, uh, Mel Gibson goes, be back, at, be back for pizza in 15. And I was like, what are they going to get done in 15 minutes? So but much. But the answer is so much. <laughs> yes. Everyone goes and does their own shit in like rapid succession. It's succession, you say. 
So everybody goes into their different building in the town they have to get business done in. And everyone in these buildings like has their own conspiracy theory. So we just yeah. kind of get like a round robin of conspiracy theories, including it's the soda companies staging this to sell more soda during yes. the ad breaks of the news. The bookseller goes, it's just a bunch of crock. And I'm like, hey, man, you said that wrong. <laughs> Or it's people being copycats just for attention. Or it's military probing, checking out the level of danger to give the all clear for the rest of the aliens to invade planet Earth. So we got a lot of options. Um, And I said, it's been 26 minutes and I keep having to pause this movie to dissolve into hysterical laughter because the military man is like, oh, you're Merrill Hess. I know you. You're like a really good baseball player. And we find out that he had like all these minor league records. And he goes, because he, he was like hit the farthest baseball in the whole wide world. He was like, that thing had a motor on it. And he goes, why aren't you in the major leagues making stacks of cash, getting your toes licked by beautiful women? <laughs> what? Like, not to be this way. <laughs> But I would lick Joaquin Phoenix's toes. <laughs> Pack it up, Tarantino. I think he's really hot in this movie. I think he looks so good. In he science. does look really good in this movie. I have a note like later on, wait, Joaquin Phoenix is hot? <laughs> <laughs> like I realized halfway through. But also while they're talking about his minor league ball history, they mention how he had both the home run record and the strikeout record. Which I think is such an interesting character thing. But the guy's like asking about it. Like, how is that possible? And Joaquin Phoenix says, it just felt wrong not to swing. Which is a line that A, I love. And B, is yeah. going to come back in a big way. I just realized that. I just got so the full juicy. circle thing of it. So Holy juicy. Shit. It Holy felt wrong shit. not to swing. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That makes me like that moment a lot more. So Mel Gibson got the inhaler. The kids got a book on aliens. And Meryl got, I don't know what, that conversation. Yeah, he got, like, some info. Yeah. I thought he was going to join up, but he just wanted to see what the military thought about there maybe being aliens. And he was like, yes, I think there is aliens. (laughs) And he was like, 15 minutes are up. Got to go get pizza. Literally. And also, this was when I said he, like, M. Night Shyamalan should just write a comedy movie. Um, Because when uh, Mel Gibson is picking up the inhaler medicine... Uh, the asthma medicine for his son. The girl behind the counter is Merritt Weaver, who I love. Because um, she's like the only mid-sized woman they let on TV. But she's like, is it? He's. She's like, I need to have confession. And he's like, I'm not a priest anymore. And she's like, but I need to. So, okay. She does it anyway. Yeah. She's like, I cursed 37 times last week. And I was like, girl, me too. And then she goes, <laughs> is douchebag a curse? And he goes, well, I guess that depends on how you use it. And I was like, all right, buddy, you don't need to be talking to this funny. teenage girl about what a douchebag is. But she was like, what if I said, John, you're a douchebag for kissing Melissa Hawkins. And he's like, yeah, that's a curse. And she goes, okay, so I cursed 71 times last week. <laughs> it's so funny. He was like, I, like and my John was writing that joke. And he said, I'm going to pick the biggest number in the world. <laughs> Like, well, speaking of M. Night Shyamalan, we got M. Night Alert. <laughs> okay, so a lot of times I wrote, I am insane with anger, which like wasn't <laughs> true. Anytime that I was like, oh, a classic M. Night Shyamalan moment happened <laughs> of like inappropriately timed jokes and like M. Night Shyamalan being a character in the movie. <laughs> They're all at the pizza parlor eating their pizza. M. Night rocks up in his truck 
everyone gets weird. I think Morgan asks, like, is that him? And I don't think I, I, they just like nod or they're like, yeah, that's him or yeah. whatever. But nobody says shit. What happens is um, Bo goes, who is he? And I went, the director of the movie <laughs> because nobody says who he is. So uh, they're in the car. Uh, they've 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 driven home at this point. And Joaquin Phoenix goes on like a reverse incel rant where he's like, all this crop circle shit is just a bunch of nerds getting together on their little nerd party and they study Roman mythology and they freak people out and they have a little club because they can't get a girlfriend. It was so funny. (laughs) And then Rory Culkin is like, nerds, you say, I'm talking to aliens on Bo's old baby monitor. (laughs) Literally. But Roy Culkin is like, they're communicating through the static. And I'm like, these fucking kids and they're fucking static. I swear. (laughs) And this is like another thing in Interstellar where like the child is like, hey, notice when I like my books are all falling on the ground in Morse code or some shit. Like if you throw these quarters on the floor, there's so much gravity. Like it's I just there were so many weird little parallels. And I'm like, I need to talk to Christopher Nolan. (laughs) I think he owes M. Night Shyamalan money. And, like, to be fair to Rory Culkin, it is some really intense static. Like, yeah, the yeah. noises are a lot. Explain noises. <laughs> Explain noises. But Mel Gibson still thinks the kids are just, like, getting obsessed and, like, in yeah. their head about it. And he's like, ah! Like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the thing. is like, after this, like, silly moment where he's, like, and these nerds and their little clubs, it's, like, a great moment in the movie that I was really excited about. Because he starts to get out of the car and I think he's holding the baby monitor and it starts getting really loud. And then when he puts it back in the car, it gets quiet again. And they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. And so Rory Culkin's like clambering up onto the car. And the adults are like, get down from there, you little boy. You can't be climbing cars. And he's like, I have to go higher. If it's higher, it'll have a better signal. And he's like, ah, oh, turn it off. And he's like, no, don't turn it off. You're going to lose it. Like... It's amazing. And then, like, Bo's climbing on the car, so Mel Gibson, like, leaps in front of her. They make, like, a human chain. Yeah, yeah, because they're scared the kids are going to fall. So, like, they're all leaping onto the car, being like, oh, my God, be careful. It's just so good. Like, the music is so good, and they're like... It's so good. It's, like, so loud, and it's, and then, I don't know, like, Rory Colton's like, they're talking, and I don't It's just so And they look cool. like dancers, like, all intertwined with each yeah, other, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. on top of this car. Uh, but, you know, then I said, oh, can't forget about the dog you're abusing. Because he, like, carries out food, I think, to Isabel. Um, yeah, it's because it's nighttime at, at this point. Yes, and the dog is freaking out at the cornfield. And then Mel Gibson says to the dog, you're going to feel very silly when this is all just make-believe. Which I think is one of the funniest things you could ever say to a dog. <laughs> I was like, God, and like, buddy, that's you're a dog. You're going to so silly. You're going to really... And, like, not to be like this... But dogs don't bark because they're, like, part of mass hysteria, you know? <laughs> right. Like, like, dogs bark for a host of reasons, but none none of them are, like, they're starting to believe in aliens because everyone else is. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that's, like, dogs freaking out is the hallmark that something is so wrong. That's, like, any time, like, Hazel will, like, paw at me, I'm, like, I'm about to have a medical event. Like, <laughs> I think, like, something is wrong. Like, dogs, no. Holy shit. No, they do. They do. That was why I got so excited when the dog barked in the Terminator. Yes, dogs, no. The dogs always know. Um, but okay, so Mel Gibson does not believe that. So he goes into the cornfield and like he gets to where oh. the crop circle is and he's like, all right, now come out of there. And it's like, it's good because he's like, these are just these fucking people. But he also at one point he's like, you're not going to get famous into like the empty cornfield. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> 
But then he's hearing like <gasps> clicking and like chittering. Yeah, like chittering. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's so fucking unsettling. I hated it's it. It's so creepy. And the idea that like this is language because we hear it on the, the baby monitor also. Yeah. And I was freaking out because like an arrival, like the language is something that we can't even begin to process like in the same way. Scary. Do you think they're talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like hearing all this chittering and he's like looking around with his flashlight this did scare the shit out of me it scared me so fucking um, bad and he like drops his flashlight and he, he goes on to pick it up and he's banging on it and the light turns on and he turns around and in the beam of the flashlight is just like the most grotesque little alien leg sticking out of the corn it's so startling oh my god it's so upset shit out of me and so now Mel Gibson is ready to entertain the idea of aliens. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, actually, maybe burying your head in the sand wasn't a great idea. Like, to be fair, he's like following sound advice from Cherry Jones. I'm yeah. like, this all is very upsetting. You guys are already going through enough. But it just and felt to me like days and days and days had passed. I was going to say, because and it had been like two days. But so here's the thing. In the past two days, shit has been going very down. Yeah. So they turn on the TV and there's like two giant UFOs flying over Mexico City. Like yes. fucking oh no! So they're watching the thing, um, the news, the thing, the newscast. They're watching the news. They're watching John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, and he's like, I gotta tape this. This is a great movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so they're watching the news, and Rory Culkin is like, Oh my god, we gotta tape this. So he gets a tape, and he goes to put it in the TV, and um, Bo is like, No, that's my ballet recital, and he's like listen like this is so much bigger than us and your ballet recital like they're gonna change everything they wrote in the science books like you're gonna show your kids this tape it's like very cute and he does a really really good job yeah but she's like no my ballet and and uh dad mel gibson is like just get another tape and he's like okay and he goes Uncle Merrill, I'm going to use your tape. And it says swimsuit special. And I was like, was now the time? (laughs) Do we really need to make that joke? M. Knight was like, oh, shit. I got a great idea. (laughs) Literally. He was like, wouldn't it be so funny if I made a reference to like jerking it right now? (laughs) What if this man loved women in swimsuits? Oh. (laughs) Like at the crux of like, I mean, not like, but like after this little boy delivered like a beautiful monologue at the tender age of like 11, he's like, I'm going to make a joke about girls in little bikinis. I'm just like, I'm being mean, but I just had like a lot of trouble believing that Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson were brothers. I don't know why. They just did. They just looked (laughs) so different to me. Aw, brothers. Brothers. But they were sitting on the couch in the same way with like their hands on their knees. And I was like, is that so we'll think they're brothers? <laughs> they're sitting on the couch and like each of them, the kids are sleeping on the couch. Like each have a yeah. kid. Mel Gibson has Abigail Breslin and Joaquin Phoenix has Rory Culkin. They're just it's like nestled sweet. into their shoulders. And this is when they have this late night conversation that's like, I think the crux and like focal point of the whole movie and lays out all of its Absolutely. themes and ideas right here. Yeah. So we get this moment where um Joaquin Phoenix is like, I bet a lot of people are sitting here watching this on TV thinking this is gonna be the end of the world. And Mel Gibson is like, Yeah, probably it is. And he's like, Why would you say that? Like, come on, like, can you just be how you used to for a minute? And we I mean at this point we've gone to the we've we've managed to get to the conclusion, I would imagine, that um the thing that triggered uh Graham leaving the church, Mel Gibson leaving the church, was the death of his wife. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah, like, you know, I feel like that's a lot of, like, 
like just those major things where someone's like god wouldn't let this happen you know yes um and so he he's like okay all right and he like kind of almost delivers a sermon he's like yes so this is where he starts talking about there's like people are divided into two groups there's group number one and group number two mm-hmm. and there are people who believe in miracles and there are people who believe in coincidences are yeah, pretty much no, yeah the two groups so it's like people with faith and people without faith essentially yeah no that's actually a really nice concise way to explain it yeah and it's almost like he kind of explains religion in a way that i vibe with and doesn't scare yeah. me which doesn't happen a lot because usually i like that i have a tough entry point with like characters like this who are like based on religion yes and like normally if a movie feels very christian like this one does i can have a hard time getting into it that was my thing with the others i was just like so alienated from grace's whole thing and that one's very much just like an out so i don't know why i didn't have a hard time with that one but no i mean it's a little more victorian and weird too yeah but this one like i just really vibed with in a different way because it feels like i was able to look at it as more of like a spiritual thing and like a faith thing rather than just being like the bible no, absolutely, absolutely. And not to be like the horrible cynical like other side to your coin here, but I so connected to the thing of like this thing is so bad there's no way I could ever believe in God. No, yes, exactly. Uh- <laughs> no, that's yeah. exactly it because he so this conversation starts because they're talking about like the UFOs and the crop circles and stuff and how mm-hmm. like to some people these are signs, like the title of the movie, like this is a sign right. that something is happening and to other people like this is just a random coincidence that this is happening to us and he talks about his wife colleen's dying words yeah that's right where she said see and then she said swing away yeah and he said he spent a lot of time like trying to figure out what those words meant and like what that sign was supposed to mean to him and he was like no I realized those were just random synapses firing in her brain as she was dying. And that was just shit she said. And it didn't mean anything. Yeah. It was like, she remembered being at a baseball game with them and then she just fucking died. Right. Um, I also misinterpreted that in an interesting way that I think very strongly aligns with my whole cynicism and like weird agnostic thing (laughs) that I have. Um, where when she said see I thought she was like see it really is all meaningless because I also Mm -hmm. assume we don't know what happened to her at this point. We just know that she died. Yeah. So I assume she was sick. Yeah, me too, um, me too. Yeah, just because that's often, like, not to be, but, like, that is often why yeah. we're missing mothers in movies is because they got sick. Yeah. Um, and, like, not to be stupid, but, like, also in Interstellar, like, the mom is sick. And so I think my brain just supplanted that in there. But so, I don't know. I just imagined, like, I said, like, this atheist woman on her deathbed being like, see, dude. I was <laughs> I like, that's kind you. of a mean thing to say <laughs> to your pastor husband. <laughs> Uh, which she was not doing and Joaquin Phoenix responds with like a very cute young person's way of being like I do believe in God and I do believe in miracles but it's just so funny because he opens with see I was at this party once and I was like maybe this is not the time for this story and I also became while he was telling his like gum story I yeah, became yeah. very aware of Rory Culkin trying to pretend to be asleep on oh. <laughs> that's so cute I love that which like you don't see his face you just see like the back of his head but I'm like he's getting jostled a lot like like Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix he was like whispering and like trying not to wake up the kids but he was really animated in this story but so they talk some more about like the group number one and group number two and like religious Mm -hmm. people non-religious people however you want to look at it and he talks about Mel Gibson does how the purpose of religion is basically to not have to go through anything alone and how there's always someone with you supporting you and looking out for you right 
And this is where I was like, even if like you've abandoned your faith, mm-hmm. like you can't say that that still isn't, that still doesn't apply to you because you have this brother who was willing to drop everything to support you in a time yeah. of crisis. Like, like this is like your faith is now in your brother who is like I here like with you holding lot. your child. I was like, this, I don't know. I got really like woo woo about this movie. It no, really got to me. that's really lovely. I really like that a lot. So it's like, even if it's not specifically a religious thing, like you can have like faith yeah. and belief in anything. No, absolutely. And, and, and like, he really has lost his faith, like in everything. He's like, everything's right. meaningless. This sucks. This is horrible. Like not, yes, which I, is fair, which is a fair response. Getting to invaded by aliens is also yeah. horrible. Uh, <laughs> You're allowed to feel like nihilistic about an alien invasion. Yeah. Um, and about the death of your wife. Yeah. You got a lot uh, going on, dude. I get it. I get it. This movie like wants you so to know that Joaquin fucks. And it's like, no, we get it because he's like, I was at this party once and I don't, this is, I'm being like, I'm looking for reasons to bully M. Night Shyamalan, which isn't fair, but like (laughs) he loves alliterative names. And like, I get it. People like humans like that. We do Mm -hmm. that. I've done that too. Like I, alliterative names are great, but Miranda McKinney and he goes, I can't do it. He goes like, he goes like, (laughs) he's like to indicate that she was really hot. (laughs) I feel like that's when I was like, there's like an eight-year-old boy asleep on your shoulder. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but he's like, uh, and the, she was sitting on this couch and she was staring at me and I was staring at her and I was about to kiss her. But then I realized, oh, I had gum in my mouth. So I turned around and he goes, I like, he's like, I jammed it into a paper cup. I'm like, I don't think you have to jam it into a paper cup. <laughs> like, how much gum are you chewing? He's got like a fucking <laughs> fistful of big league chew. <laughs> I was going to say, a whole <laughs> packet of big league chew. <laughs> I'm just going. He He's a ball player. He would. Ah! <laughs> He's just like chewing his cut like a fucking cow, being like, "Oh, but it's just like this drooling. girl." He can't close his lips all the way. <laughs> He's literally actually chewing tobacco. Um, but anyway, so he's like, I turned around and then I like, I turn around and at that moment, Miranda McKinney puked all over herself. And if I hadn't turned around to spit out yes. my gum, she would have puked on me. And that's why I believe in God. And I was like, that's okay. A miracle, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No coincidences. <laughs> that, I think that moment would have been so much more powerful if he was like, yeah. And I was about to cross the street and I looked both ways, even though right. it was a one way street and there was a car like reversing down the street and I almost got hit, which He's is like, like, I didn't get puked on. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, and that's God, bitch. Like, it's so funny. That's like as um, heavy-handed as it may be. I just do think that's like such a good scene. No, it's an awesome scene. It's, so, it's great. I don't know. It's lovely. It's lovely. And then it leads us into our first of several flashbacks mm-hmm. that get interspersed throughout the rest of the movie. I was of so the alarmed night where his wife died. Yeah. yeah, it was really alarming, but I also thought it was really smart. Because mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. don't do like the woo woo. It's a different color. We're in the past. No, yeah. All of a sudden, he's just driving around, but he has the priest collar on. So yes. that's how you know, yes. baby. It's so smart. You just see yeah. him. You're like, oh, this has to be the past. And yeah, we see him driving down the road up to Sheriff Cherry Jones, who like has a grave expression on her face, like yeah. something bad has happened. And we get the full story in little pieces. And the little piece that we get. In this flashback, as we see Ray, who is played by M. Night Shyamalan, like sitting on the side of the road. And we learn that he was responsible for the car accident that killed his wife 
thus the weirdness at the pizza parlor yes i was so relieved about that because i was like oh finally jesus because like they were like who is he but i was like no but who is he yeah i was like really who like i don't know why no i think i assumed that the mother had died of some kind of illness as well so i was like okay well who was he yeah i was like was he on the news at some point like he's the alien yeah who is he he's the guy on the roof lionel pritchard that's the director of the movie. Literally. <laughs> Mel Gibson wakes up and it's like, oh, he was like having a like a dream about what happened. Um, but my next note is just, where is the TV? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it perhaps on a beach connected by several extension cords while somebody's <laughs> trying to drown Ted Danson for fucking his wife? <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> Deep cut. Only OG fans of the pod will get that one. <laughs> um... But it, no, that's not what's happening. Um, Joaquin Phoenix has taken the TV into the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. For lack of a better term. To like keep the kids from getting too obsessed. But here's the bad news, Joaquin. The kids are not the ones who you need to worry about getting <laughs> yeah. obsessed. He is locked the fuck in on this TV. He will yeah. not leave. But then also, if we're worried about the kids being too obsessed... It might be too late for that as well, because Mel Gibson goes into their room and they are wearing tinfoil hats. (laughs) So the aliens can't read our secret thoughts. Yes. And Rory has this like fucking giant alien book that he bought at the bookstore, like the alien book from the bookstore. Oh my God. This is the other thing where I was so mad about the dialogue. I have to go back because the way the woman tells him where to find it is crazy. It's insane because he's like, you got any books on aliens? And she's like, yes, third shelf, fourth one on the right. And I'm like, how, what the Mel fuck Gibson, are Mel you Gibson? talking about? M. Night Shyamalan has never been to a bookstore. No. And also they're like, we got this one by accident, but we figured we'd keep it for the city folk. Like, oh, it's, it's like the so silver silly. bullets and the howling. Like, But like he treats this alien book like his Bible. He's like, it's here's really everything cute. we need to know. Yeah. And he's also like, this book also suggests that um that the aliens are vegetarian as this is a very beneficial diet which is when i remembered <laughs> that m night Shyamalan is like an outspoken vegetarian and i'm like okay i'm gonna need you to fuck off like there's nothing being vegetarian is great it's a wonderful thing to do it's just that i'm not propaganda. so i get so insecure yeah i did call it propaganda just there i'm sorry but I just like i'm so insecure about the fact that i still eat meat i'm so insecure about it's it. okay but it was just really funny i was like all right you you're not slick like we all saw you do that there and furthermore these kids are so fucking cute they are and also they really found the cutest kids in all of hollywood yeah and then he's like and like he's like and the aliens could be here for two reasons and one is really scary and one's not scary and the first reason is that they're just checking shit out probing (laughs) imagine Um, like eight-year-old rory colkin being like probing Um, that's why they gave it to that really enthusiastic military man. Yeah. That man was waiting for someone to ask him about aliens. Y'all want to hear about probing? <laughs> like, he was so fucking hyped. I've been dying to tell you. <laughs> but, um, and he's like, it could also be that they're here to just absolutely wreck our shit and take our resources because they used up all of theirs. Um, but Mel Gibson is, like, very skeptical and he's like, and who wrote this book? And he's like, well, if you're not going to take it seriously, I'm not going to. I don't so understand cute. the question and I won't respond to it. <laughs> so cute. But he says, he's like, you had a tone. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> After Roy Culkin lays out all the alien info to everyone, Mel Gibson's like, right, uh-huh. And then he says, 
everyone in this house needs to eat fruit or something. <laughs> yeah. He goes, everybody needs to calm down, eat some fruit. <laughs> calm down and eat some fruit. Which, like, he's right. Like, everyone is flipping out about the aliens. They need to calm down and eat some fruit. It's just such a funny line. It's so good. But also, he says that after scaring the living bejesus out of the children. <laughs> because he's flipping through and, like, just these hysterical pencil drawings of, like, little Martian men, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really funny. But they flip the page, and there's, like, UFOs, and it's like, oh, just, like, on TV over Mexico City, and maybe us now. Because I, I think Joaquin Phoenix, he does, like, a little bit of exposition that's not super important. But it's funny because Mel Gibson closes the door on him while he's mid-sentence. <laughs> but because we, the audience, like, need to know that the, the UFO situation is getting worse, he, like, keeps going. Yes. <laughs> Like, which I know sometimes you talk to yourself, but I didn't think it seemed natural and it made me laugh. But regardless, um, everyone in this house needs to calm down and eat some, and fruit, eat some fruit or something. But he turns the page and the UFO is like making, like setting a house on fire. And he goes, gee, that looks like our house. And then they, the camera pans and there's three dead people on the lawn. And I'm like, hey, man, did you think maybe that would scare the shit out of your kids? Because that scared the shit out of your kids. Yeah, this is not productive. And then he's like, ah, uh, calm down, eat some fruit. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> fuck you. Parenting 101. Yeah. Uh, but then the phone rings and Mel yes! Gibson answers it. No one's on the other end, but he knows it's fucking Ray. No, you know how he knows? The phone rings, he picks it up and he goes, hello. And the person on the other end goes, father. And he goes, hello. And then he goes, it's so weird. Like he didn't yeah. hear him, but he said it. So he marches over to Ray's and when he gets there, there's just like a bunch of chairs knocked over and it's not looking good. And so it's like, oh shit, we're about to find a dead body. But we um, we don't. Mel Gibson like walks back out front of the house because he's like, he opens the door and nobody's in there. So he's like looking through the windows and who's in there but M. Night king of pennsylvania sorry <laughs> he's m Knight's just sitting in his car with all of his stuff packed in his car and he's got blood on him and he's like i've been i've been waiting to call you he's like for six months i've had that number next to my phone i think yeah that's he decides right now that he wants to talk about the night that mel gibson's wife died for some reason he's yeah like, he's like I'm, I'm about to flee to go to the lake because the aliens don't like water but f i was waiting for you to come over so i could talk to you about your dead wife first yeah it's it's i was confused also because like i started to get like because i guess he's talking about the aliens and he's like there's one in the house like fucking watch out <laughs> yes he's like i have one in my pantry yeah, and he's like, but also, I'm really sorry I killed your wife. Yeah. But it's also, this is the first time where we get this. He's like, I just, like, I just couldn't get over it. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, because he's not drunk. That was the thing. It wasn't a drunk driving accident. He fell asleep at the wheel. We get that in that first flashback, I think. Which I was wondering, like, why that needed to be a thing. Like, why it didn't need to be, like, but I, it makes more sense. And he's like, and I don't know why. Like, I could have fallen asleep on, like, any stretch of road. He was like, I didn't pass a single other car the whole time I was driving. Like, yeah, the only and then car like, I passed was your wife. Which is, again, like, miracles, coincidences, like, what? Signs, no signs. Yeah, and he's like, it's almost like it was meant to be. And I'm like, how could you say that to him? That's a fucked up thing to say to someone. It's a really fucked up thing to say to somebody. So he's going to the lake because there's no crop circles by bodies of water. And so they figure maybe the aliens don't like water. So he's going there. He has an alien locked in his pantry. And before we can get to the resolution of all this, we cut back to the farm where Joaquin is like 
glued to the TV watching the news, like face up against the screen watching the news. And they say they have some, quote, startling footage from a birthday party. That's right. I forgot that was when this was. See, I didn't write anything down because I was so like, "Ah." and it's in Brazil, which I just liked. It was like, oh, another new place. Yes. Which, like, that's not good that it's everywhere, but I was excited that it wasn't just going to be, like, in India and also Mexico and also the U.S. Like, it keeps getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. They're like, this is going to be disturbing. Watch out. And then just roll the tape. And it's really funny because it's all these kids at this birthday party and they're all screaming and freaking out. And everyone's like crowded up around uh, the camera. And I think they're inside at this point. So you were like, we're like looking through a window. And it's funny because it's like a little birthday party and it almost looks like it's surrounded by stalks of corn. And I'm like... Mm. I, I don't think that's true, but maybe it was. Maybe it was like another farm. Maybe this was like a farming family. Um, but at one point, like you, cause you hear like chittering and like things and like kids are screaming and running away. And Joaquin goes, move children. <laughs> he goes, move children. And then he says, vamanos. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's like, no, wrong one. Wrong and he's one, just like buddy. gesturing wildly at the screen. I'm like, Joaquin, have you ever watched a video before? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I keep making this joke every episode. But here's the thing is that here comes the boy. <laughs> yeah. So the camera zooms down, zooms into, I got scared and couldn't talk. <laughs> so the camera zooms into an alleyway and like, there's like a bush, an alley and a wall. <laughs> an alien just casually strolls by in oh. broad daylight. <laughs> and like the CGI is not horrible. And it's just so upsetting to look at. I just don't like <laughs> just, him. It just walks so casually and Joaquin is so scared. He flies backwards. Yeah, yeah. He goes, whoa. <laughs> He's so fucking scared. My only thing was I wish I hadn't seen that like a thousand times in like gifts and whatever. Oh. I've seen that alien shot before. Okay. See, I, I think that would have scared so. the shit out of me if I had never seen it before in my life. Yeah. It just made me feel so deeply unsettled. Like it's like, you yeah. know, like the uncanny thing. Your brain's like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. Because it like turns like looks at the camera for yeah. like half a second and then keeps walking and it like it is still scary even though i knew it was coming yeah i'd seen it before but i'm like man i wish i wish the first time i was seeing it was in the context of the movie yeah i think we're like a little ruined because of like slender man and everything you know like it's very so it was the man, first yeah. thing i thought of was fucking yeah. slender man but still i still was like <laughs> um but then we're back to the pantry alien and okay yeah so mel gibson is like improving with this alien yeah. and as we have learned he is not good at improv no and at least he acknowledges it in the- he's like pretending he's a police officer and to do this he says i'm a police officer i know about the hoax you can come out now like he's i think he's really just like hoping against hope that it's like yeah. kids playing a global prank yeah yeah because well, the, the way he goes about it is so funny because he goes Hello, the police are here. I am with them. I'm a I am a police officer. <laughs> and then he goes, "We just had a bunch of your friends, and we took them away in a paddy wagon." Like and he goes, <laughs> "You see him like he like smacks off and then goes a paddy wagon." Fuck so him funny. all to hell, but he's so funny in this scene. No, it is very funny. We know, um, we know, we know, we know. Yeah, but then so he like. He, like, hears some, like, skittering around, I guess, behind. Oh, no, he knows it's in the pantry because um, Ray so. Reddy, yeah, told him. <laughs> M. Night was like, hey. And so he's, like, looking under the door and he doesn't see anything. And he gets up slowly. And I'm so dumb that I was like, oh, God, they sliced the vegetables. Like, I didn't get what was happening. <laughs> so he finds a knife on the counter and he takes it and, like, sticks it under the crack in the door to look mm-hmm. in the reflection of the knife, yeah. which I thought was so smart and so cool. 
that is true it is but like he, really clever but he doesn't really see anything and so he's pulling away and then an alien hand just like pops through the crack under the door and i screamed i'll tell you oh I absolutely screamed. absolutely and um and he freaks out and he chops off its fingers but like he, it's yeah. screaming and he's screaming and like he's like, just ah. so startled he's just like yeah, flailing yeah. and he just chops yeah. the fingers off and he's like oh god <laughs> yeah and this was like again i keep like i got on so many like false leads because i like was making meaning incorrectly out of this movie mm-hmm. and like this would be a little early i think for it to be like the monster isn't really the monster you know oh but it's so scary but i was like oh no what if that was just really bad you know like what if that yeah. just triggered like conflict um, it kind of does later but yeah that's true but so he goes to this alien endeavor and then he comes home to find everyone sitting on the couch wearing a tinfoil hat and it's like the meme image, if you're familiar, which is a meme I have used like for over a year now. And now I'm like, oh, the, oh. <laughs> it's the thing. And like immediately he walks in the door and Joaquin Phoenix is like, their skin changes color. And he's like, oh, God, it's like such a funny beat. Just like all it three is. of them with the tinfoil hat on. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, fucking geez. And he like sits down on the stairs really slowly. And he's like, <sighs> So Mel Gibson is like, listen, here's what we should do. We should all leave and we should go to the lake because maybe they don't like water. But first it's the kids. Well, first it's Rory Culkin. He's like, no, I want to stay here. And then Abigail Breslin is his little sister. So she's like, yeah, me too. But then they also get Joaquin Phoenix to be like, yeah, we should stay here. So it's like three against one. He's not going to leave them all there. Like that's his whole entire family. So he's like, okay, guess we're staying and at one point they're divided too. Um, it's like Joaquin and Rory Culkin want to stay in the house. And then um, Bo and dad are like, we're going to go to the lake. And then like dad pulls this really shit move where he's like, my vote counts double because of mom. And like that just causes a lot of extra strife. I think um, Graham is talking about like his experience in the pantry. And he's like, I got the distinct feeling that the thing wanted to harm me. And I was like, well, you brandished a knife at it under the door. <laughs> So since they've decided to just stay at their farm, they're boarding up the whole house, which is when I realized that Joaquin Phoenix is very hot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. He's, he's so beautiful. And I believe they're either listening to the news on the radio or they have the TV on in the background. But regardless, they hear from the news that UFOs are appearing where the crop circles are. They're all piled into the closet or the under the stairs. Yeah, they're watching the news. And so they hear on the news that UFOs are appearing where the crop circles are and that the crop circles are a map showing the aliens where to go. And as you will recall, there is a crop circle in their literal yard. They yeah. are so fucked. And, and I, Joaquin Phoenix says, like, they're going to be within a mile of us. And it's like, yes, okay. they're going to be on your land, on your crop circle. Yeah. Like, holy shit. You're fucked. Also, when a newscaster starts crying and yes. saying, God be with us all. Oh, my pack God. It up. Pack holy it up. It's over. shit. Go to the fucking lake, guys. It's over. So basically, and oh God, and Rory Culkin's like, I was wrong. Oh, it's so fucking heartbreaking. And that, it, I think this is when like Joaquin Phoenix is like comforting him and he's like, like, no, like you, like you, you did fine. You're fine. He's like, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Yes. He's like, no, don't worry. Like I've got you. And Rory says, I wish you were my dad. And mm-hmm. oh fucking geez, man. It's, and like, also like not to be like 
like I understand what would you do if like your big brother's kids were like my dad sucks you should be my dad like of course you get upset but yeah. he's like don't ever say that and I'm like don't snap at them right now but also everyone just found out they're gonna die so like everybody's freaking out tensions are running high and so they are they're like okay what's our last meal on earth gonna be basically that's the thing because Mel Gibson like asks like what do you guys want for dinner and like everyone like the kids say something wildly different and Joaquin Phoenix says something wildly different chicken teriyaki i was like do you guys have the stuff to make chicken teriyaki in the house right now but they do yeah and mel gibson is like sure like you guys get whatever you want to eat for dinner which is big last night on earth Mm -hmm. vibes and like let me tell you this scene was the big surprise gut punch scene for me that had me sobbing in my bed before work on a monday morning yeah i started crying really hard yeah it really it's really good it's really sad so they're all sitting there um like not and so oh my god i remember every meal that they all had because okay so what yes. is like we should have sandwiches we should eat quick so we're like ready to like dash yeah. and everything um and Bo is like no i want spaghetti and mel gibson's like spaghetti sounds good you should have spaghetti and then like he's like what do you want morgan and morgan's like i want french toast and mashed potatoes and like Meryl realizes what's going on. He's like, all right, I want chicken teriyaki. And then dad is like, I want a cheeseburger with extra bacon. And he kind of smiles. And I'm like, uh, uh, I like already was getting like a little, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That last night on Earth vibes really. Yeah, like your gallows meal or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and I also, for some reason, chalk this up to grief, I think, because I was projecting. But they're all sitting there and they're like not eating their food. And Mel Gibson's like, why isn't anyone eating, guys? Yeah. So they're sitting around and Morgan wants to pray before they eat. You're right. Oh and then my Mel God. Gibson says no. And I have th- this this dialogue written out because Morgan looks at Mel Gibson. He says, I hate you. Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson says, that's fine. And Morgan says, you let mom die. And then Mel Gibson says, I'm not wasting one more minute of my life on prayer. Mm-hmm. And like everyone at the table is just fucking crying and not eating. It's just like... It's so awful. Spirits are low. And then that's when he's like, okay, if no one's going to eat, I will. And he's just like angrily like stabbing food off of people's plates and like eating it. And it's like, it's so like. Yeah. And he like breaks down crying and then Rory gets up and hugs him. That's when it was all too much for me. All too much for me. Because he's just because like. And, like, we don't like Mel Gibson. We don't no. like Mel Gibson. But the, he just starts sobbing. It's good act. It's a good yeah. acting moment. It just is. And then Rory Culkin gets up to hug him. And, like, he's just, like, sobbing and, like, holding all of his family around yeah, him. Yeah, he, like, yanks Meryl over by, like, the collar uh, of his t-shirt because he can't reach. Oh, my God. It's fucking so sad. Yeah. And, like, I I was like, oh, a grief can be so ugly. And it's, like, not grief for the wife. It's, like, grief that you're about to die, which is very different and, like, a million times more powerful because it it's so immediate and scary. Yeah, but that was, like, that really got me in my sad bone. <laughs> and then also, like, the kids, like, like it's everything is so fucked that the kids are taking care of the parents. And I realize that happens a lot. And, like, I've even felt like I need to take care of my parents. And, like, guys, not your fault <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but just, you know, like, it was just so many... F- like sad fucked up things that happen when everything is bad and then i was like i'm sorry i made fun of you i'm not Shyamalan. i didn't mean it please stop (laughs) making me cry but then as this like incredibly impactful touching moment is happening the baby monitor starts going nuts so it's happening and then they go into the closet and it's playing like the global not the global like the national distress signal or whatever so the baby monitor starts going off and then like the tv has the distress signal like no tv's playing anymore it's just like the little like black and white circles where it's like hey everything's not working 
the distress aliens are here yeah um and Bo is upset um so dad is like did i ever tell you what happened the day you were born and she's like no and so he's like you know you you came out of your mama and um I guess they're kind of also like it's it's about to happen. Like they sort of start getting into like position, and he's he's trying to calm her down, and he's like, "You were born, and like you had these big, gorgeous eyes, and all the nurses couldn't stop talking about your eyes and how beautiful you were, and they said you looked like an angel, um, and like, and they cleaned you up, and like they put you in your mother's arms, and you smile. Oh no, no, I'm wrong. I'm mixing the two up. And he's like, and they were cleaning you up and you turned to me and you smiled. And like, they say babies that young can't smile, but you smiled and it makes her feel better. And it's very sweet. Then she immediately probably doesn't feel better anymore. Cause they basically hear their dog die outside. Yeah. Cause the dog's freaking out, barking at the aliens that are yeah. like right fucking outside. Yeah. And then the dog like squeals and stops making noise. Ugh. And then they see shadows like moving past their windows like you can see the aliens yeah, are really yeah, yeah. close right outside Ooh. and now morgan is freaking out yeah so now it's morgan's turn to hear about the day he was born he's like your mother almost hemorrhaged to death and i'm like yeah no. i hated that detail <laughs> i hated that he was like your mom wouldn't stop bleeding and i was like uh now i'm scared and upset the fun fact, I guess, about this is that that's, like, the story of M. Night Shyamalan's kids being born. Like, that oh my was his God. two kids, like, birth stories that he Aww. included into the script. So that's kind of cute. That is sweet. That's but scary. But also, like, he's like, hey, here's something to make you feel better. Your mother almost died giving birth yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what my thought was. I was like, holy shit. Now is not that. Like, you could have so easily not had that detail. <laughs> yeah, but he, he tells him the story. I don't remember what the cute, like, end of that story is. Do you? Well, because the thing is, there's no, like, miraculous gifted child thing for Morgan, so... He, <laughs> it's, it's just like, you almost tore your mother in half. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he's like, your mom, like, couldn't wait to hold you, even though, like, they took a minute to bring her in, and, like, I didn't go get you because she wanted to be the first one to hold you, and she said you were exactly how I dreamed you. Like, hello, Morgan. It was very sweet. I'm gonna throw up. But right? as, as this story is going on, there's aliens, like, in the house. Like, the aliens have gotten Yeah, things are in. exploding. Yeah, but he's still, like, going on with his story to distract Morgan. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. There's, like, alien fingers poking out from under the door. Yeah! Oh, God. And then they can hear aliens upstairs in the attic, and they realize they didn't board up the attic. And that chills me to my fucking bone of just being like, oh, it's too fucking late. Like, they got in. We forgot to do something. Can I interrupt for a second? This <gasps> yeah. is the stupidest thing. At this exact moment, my neighbor started blasting Super Freak by Rick James, and I like had to stop for a second <laughs> and turn is the a freak. up. <laughs> She's a super freak. I can't, also can't believe the attic isn't is, is not. I forgot to make the David joke. I made it too early, and there was ah. a better moment. But I was so in it, I didn't even think of it. So that's good. But my notes are kind of chaotic for the next stretch. No, me too. Um, but they barricade themselves in the cellar. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, they're in the attic. Let's go as low as we can. So they get into the cellar. Yeah. Um, oh my god and Rory Culkin's like we don't have our tinfoil hats like they're gonna this is what he says they'll know our secret thoughts yeah fuck me (laughs) and so basically Mel Gibson's like standing up against the door and he's like Meryl find something to board this fucking thing up with like we have to like keep the door from opening and so Meryl swinging at every opportunity finds an axe but as he's bringing it off the shelf busts the lights out 
it's just fucking pitch black in there it's so scary it's so stressful they do find Um, like flashlights or something right yeah i think rory finds flashlights but also like that makes everything scarier just looking at it through a flashlight you can't see everything and at one point they don't know where Bo is and they're like and they don't call for her they're just like where's Bo?" and they walk around and then she's like i'm here i'm okay but i was like especially after poltergeist we did poltergeist kind of recently and i was like keep an eye on your children (laughs) keep you gotta keep tabs on those kiddos yeah holy fuck (laughs) and then someone who i think is joaquin phoenix realizes Mm -hmm. he's like oh they're just making noises like they're just trying to fucking distract us like keep our attention over here like by the door and as they come to this realization they whip around and they see morgan standing on the other side of the cellar by the coal chute yes and there's an alien hand just sticking out like through the vents and the hand just grabs morgan's whole face I, like, was ready to fucking throw up and die. <laughs> like, I freaked out. Yes. Like, so I, we've talked about this a lot. Like, kids in peril, like, really getting to us. But, like, and, yeah. like, this was, like, a... It's just so scary. Like, the alien's holding no, him by the so face. it's so fucking scary. And then it gets fucking worse because they get him away from the alien. But now he's having an asthma attack and he doesn't yep. have his inhaler. Oh, it's so I'm, horrible. I'm, like, so sad. No, and this is, like, the climax of the movie. And I was just so upset because I was, like, there's no way this is going to work. Because asthma isn't panic. But panic yeah. makes it worse, which is true. But yes. like, you know, like his lungs are closed. He yeah. cannot oh breathe. Oh my God. It's insane. It's, and I, it's so fucking sex. It's just tiny little Rory Culkin with his fist like balled up in his dad's jeans. Just like trying wheezing. to breathe. Oh my God. It's so fucking It sounds sad. so real. It's insane. What did they do to that little Culkin boy? And oh my God. It just fuck. Okay. So Mel Gibson's holding him against his chest and he's like, feel how I'm breathing and you do that. You breathe. And I'm like, uh, and like, it's the only thing you can do. What else can you do? And he's like, fear is going to make it worse. You have to try to breathe with me. But he can't. Right. Ugh. And he's like talking to God. And he's yeah. like, don't do this to me. Not again. I hate you. Ugh. I am like, oh, I'm having such a reaction. And like, that's so powerful. But I'm also like, your son does not know that you're not saying that to him <laughs> right, right now. Like, Why do you hate me, dad? <laughs> um, God, it's just so stressful because he's just saying the same things over and over and over again. Like he's saying like, he's saying like, don't be afraid. The air is coming in. And like, yeah. everyone's just sitting there watching. And they're all kind of like praying over him, quote unquote, without yeah. praying. Like, and this is like me getting all woo woo with it. But no, like, you're right. Like, this is, like, prayer without being religious in a way that I really, yeah. like, respond yeah. to well. Fuck yeah. So, in this moment, we get another flashback to the night of the wife's death. And this is the flashback where we learn how fucking gruesome this accident that she was in was. Because mm-hmm. we learned through Cherry Jones that the truck has her pinned up against a tree. Oh, and the yeah. truck is holding her together. Mm-hmm. like she has been severed in half and like the truck is holding her like guts in place and keeping her alive yes yeah, so if they move it she'll die oh it's so fucking awful and sheriff cherry jones is trying to prep him for it mm-hmm. and he says is this the last time i'm gonna talk with my wife it's so bad because like it's upsetting inherently mm-hmm. but then also the fact that it's so like graphic and gruesome yes, yes my god it's, it's just so uncalled graphic. for no i was almost like i don't know if she should be describing this to him so much I, like because like i get that you have to prepare him that like no, that's we're gonna really pull this truck away and your wife's guts are gonna fall out of her Right. Like good god, like that's whole, like I can no, only it's so equate vile. it to the feeling I had watching Midsummer for the first time, and like oh that my first god. scene when you're like, "That's yes. the most gruesome thing that could be happening." Like, what the yeah. fuck? 
Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, fuck you for that one, M. Night. Yeah, no, oh. I remember got in the theater at Midsummer. I was like, I think I might be sick. I was like, I think this yeah. is the first time a horror movie is going to make me become ill, and it didn't happen. But when it's like, um, how like how could this be happening? Yeah, oh, it's awful, horrible. awful, awful. The flashback ends, and Mel Gibson wakes up, and Joaquin is like up, and he's been listening to the radio because there's a radio down there, um, and the like newscaster is explaining what's been going on, and like Joaquin turns it off, and he's like, all right. The aliens came to harvest us. Like, they took a lot of people, I, I guess. Yeah. They, like, abducted a lot of people, I suppose. Um, but now they're leaving, or they have left. Like, they're leaving en masse and, like, are already gone, even, in a lot of cases. Yeah. And it turns out they were using poison gas to kill people, um, which is important. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, because we don't know how, but, like, the people did scare them off. Like, people figured out how to beat them. Right, because they say, yeah, they're like people must have figured out a way to beat them and i'm like would you care to share yeah like tell us how and the way they explain it makes me so mad they're like oh like several like towns in the middle east figured out some primitive way to get rid of them and oh, i was like yeah. did we need to fucking call it primitive oh my god like <laughs> so that, annoying and this is what i think is like such good fucking screenwriting because like if you're not sure it's safe so it'd be be like okay let's just stay down here but like they have to go up and get morgan's medicine and like, like an epi pen yeah because like he's like calm now and like that's great and but like prayer and the power of positive thinking only go so far when right. your lungs are closed like he does yeah. in fact need his medication like he's he's like huddled up wheezing and it's like yeah like it's better than before but like he's going to run out of air and die if they don't go upstairs and see if the aliens are gone and so they're like well the news says like philly and all the suburbs and everything are cleared so like and dad's like that's good enough for me because it's like if they keep staying down here they're like he, morgan's gonna die yeah so they go upstairs and like they put morgan on the couch and he goes to get the well it's not like it's like a syringe with epinephrine it's not like a full-blown epipen mm -hmm. it seems like it might be all clear so they all mm -hmm. go upstairs and Bo goes to turn on the tv and sees that there's people celebrating on the news oh yeah and so she's just like dancing and she's saying they're doing this on tv so we're like yeah. oh great everything's going well and mel gibson's like ah morgan's gotta see this this will make him feel better oh yeah so he gets the tv and he's wheeling the tv into the living room Holy shit, you're and right. he looks up and in the reflection of the tv you can see an alien in the fucking living room holding morgan like limp in its arms like holy mother of god because <laughs> it wasn't just like oh everything's about to be okay it was like everything is okay actually though there's an alien in your living room <laughs> and it's like why would one alien stay but they zoom in and its hand is blending into morgan's shirt which is really yes. cool and it's missing a bunch of fucking fingers that alien's pissed at mel gibson specifically it's come good on fucking writing it is see that's the thing that's so frustrating is he's like not a great he's so good at plotting but then now of all times we go to another flashback and i was so pissed. i know it was like ah. and here we get like the big sad not mm -hmm. that all the flashbacks haven't been sad but this is like the capital b capital s big yeah. sad flashback so finally we see graham talking to his wife for the last time um and she she says to him like see and then she's like and tell um morgan to play games that it's okay to be silly and like that oh, made me fucking weep tell yeah. morgan it's okay to be silly that's the hardest thing it's so oh man 
God. And she also says, which I didn't think of this until just while we were talking, she says, tell Bo to always listen to her big brother. Like he'll always protect (laughs) her. And he of course does. But also like she does listen to everything he says. Like she changes her vote to stay at the house and everything, you know? Uh, Um, Sorry. (laughs) No, you're right. It's so fucking sad. It's so fucking sad. sad. And she says like, tell Meryl to swing away. Tell Meryl swing away. Yes. Which is like, he really leaves that out, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm like, that made more sense. Ugh. I almost wonder if it's like he didn't. Well, I think it's really so that we have the dramatic tension. But I am going to make excuses for M. Night right now. Look sure. at me go. Where it's like he didn't want to think that her last words to him were like a directive his for brother. his brother. Yeah. yeah. I also imagine um, like he could misremember that's that That's very event. true. That's a really <laughs> like, good point. I'm sure he had a lot going on. Yeah, that's you make an excellent point. <laughs> no, but that's like, and finally, like, it felt wrong not to swing because I was kind of like, that's like cool. But like coaches were telling you not to. That's not how you play baseball. But like, that's why she says, see, swing away. No fucking coincidences. We go back to the present. Mel Gibson sees a bat they have mounted on the wall from like yeah. Merrill's major minor league whatever mounted on the wall and he screams meryl swing away and he grabs the bat he's like swing swing and meryl's just like beaten on this alien but before before he hits the alien the alien fucking gasses morgan with his little like whatever yeah he's got like a little (laughs) pincer it's like a little syringe pops out of his arm and it sprays poison gas like holy shit yes Oh, and he like hits the alien and it stumbles back into like a bookcase. And what's on top of that bookcase, you might ask? All of Bo's fucking undrunk glasses of water! Yes, the water spills on the alien and like burns the alien. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking great, but like we have to address a little silly that people didn't figure that out sooner. <laughs> yeah, it's that's just true. fucking water that gets them. But I don't care because I'm so fucking hyped oh, right. in this moment. That's the primitive way. Is water. (laughs) But oh my God. And so like Meryl is like battering up this alien, knocking him into glasses of water. (laughs) Dumping water Um, on this alien. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. And so we get this POV shot of Meryl with the baseball bat. And it's like, ah, because we're the alien. It's like, whoa. And he falls down and this big glass of water dumps all over him. And that alien's donezo. But also like one like big rainstorm. All the aliens are donezo. Like what's their plan? (laughs) Yeah, this shouldn't have taken place in Pennsylvania. It rains a lot in Pennsylvania. This should have been in California. Like, like there's so few places these aliens could thrive. Whatever. Ridiculous. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They get Morgan <laughs> outside. Yeah, so Morgan's outside, and um, and he gives him the epinephrine. And I was like, oh, good. Wait a minute. I don't think epinephrine's going to help with the fucking poison gas. Yes. And, like, everyone else is... Ha- well, not everyone. I mean, Bo's too little. But Meryl is like... He's like, listen, like... I don't know if that's going to work. Like he's sort of, he's, he doesn't say anything. He's just kind of like Graham and Graham's like, his lungs were closed. His lungs were closed. It's okay. His lungs were closed. And I was like, holy shit. Is it a miracle or is it asthma? Let's find out. He says like you were supposed to have asthma. And I was like, what? It makes sense. But it does. It makes sense. And like they mentioned something about like, she's had a weird thing about water ever since she was a baby. You know, no coincidences. Um, I'm screaming. <laughs> and so Mel Gibson is like rocking back and forth with his son in his oh, arms God, going yeah. like, uh, like, no, it's OK. His lungs are closed. His lungs were closed. And they keep going to like check his like pulse. And he's like, don't touch him. Don't touch him. And I'm yeah. freaking out. I just wrote, OK, well, I am crying. <laughs> yeah, he's not breathing. Everyone's crying. Us included. Absolutely. It's, it's looking grim. 
It really is. And oh my God, all of a sudden we just hear like, <coughs> like tiny, tiny little baby asthma voice. And he goes, dad, did someone save me? And Mel Gibson goes, yeah, baby, I think someone did. And I absolutely <laughs> lost my shit. <laughs> I fucking, I cheered. I was so lit. I'm not going to lie to you. I got, got so good by this movie. No, that's beautiful. This I is when like I just crying started crying. Screaming. I was so happy. Oh, I don't care. I don't care how cheesy it is. I loved it. No, that's awesome. That's, um, <laughs> I'm a wreck. <laughs> Get a grip, right? No, I was losing my absolute fucking mind. And so the last thing we see is like we're panning through the house. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's not over. Oh, God. Yeah. Time has passed. It's now winter. We see like it's snowing outside and the boards are gone. It's like, okay, okay. And who who do we see but Graham putting on his little priest outfit again? And we hear like Meryl and the kids like laughing in the other room. I just cried a bunch. I'm not sure I said fuck you for making fun of my movie. (laughs) He said, I'm going to get your ass because then the movie is over. Happy ending for everyone unless Woo-hoo! you're an alien yeah <laughs> or like m night Shyamalan. we don't really know what happened to ray's character <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope he's okay i'm not gonna lie to you i really thought he was gonna drive into the lake he might have i don't he know might have. we don't know um, but i loved it sorry so here's the problem with me is that i'm gonna ruin this a little bit tara final thoughts on m night Shyamalan's signs so I did make fun of this movie a lot, um, but I did like it. I did. I did. Uh, I, I, you definitely liked it more, which is so fair. Um, and this <laughs> is like my problem with it. And this is going to tie into like I'm my relationship to my own grief um, is that like people don't die for a reason. Um, and I, I, I wish they did, you know. Um, and I think the reason why the ending, which is really sweet and really lovely, and, like, there is something so beautiful about this mother dying, and she does say at, at some point when she's in their last conversation, like, she's like, it was meant to be, and I was like, I'm not as mad about Ray saying that anymore. Mm. Um, but, like, it's so beautiful, but because I am in, like, real time, not in real time, but just, like, because I am currently right now in, like, pretty recent, like, grief over over the person in my life, I was just like not I was like I don't want to be uplifted like this like I I was mm-hmm. really happy about it for a second then I was like wait I I did really like this movie I know I took a lot of maybe cheap shots at it um he but it is it. It's, yeah sometimes he's a silly goofy boy um but it is no it is a really sweet movie um and I did I did like quite a lot of it just sometimes I wanted to make jokes <laughs> but that's like movies make us feel things that's good we it's like that catharsis it is but I like this movie really moved me and like I like I said earlier it's hard to connect with religious stuff specifically yeah but like made it feel kind of like more rewarding almost like find no, where I could yeah. get an in in terms yeah. of like the spirituality and like finding yourself and accepting things yeah. that have happened well and that's that's the other thing too because I did google um if M. Night Shyamalan was religious or if he was Christian and there's a New York Times article it says M. Night Shyamalan's biggest twist coming full circle it says you the interviewer goes you've been agnostic and he said yeah I'm not religious at all I have my issues with the specificity of organized religion and the tribalism that that conjures but I am somebody who really believes in whatever you want to call it the universe and our place in it like so sounds like I totally understood the movie no you did exactly (laughs) exactly I did it. (laughs) I understood a movie. Let's go. (laughs) No, and this was, I was saying to Riley, I was like, yeah. And it was like, oh, and the mom died for a reason. And that you gave the interpretation that like, 
maybe totally but also like the idea of the film ending and him finding his faith again and then the family being able to like move back to a place of like being healthy and happy and i think that's really beautiful because i think it's almost like neither like group one nor group two is the right, right. group yeah like there can be miracles and there can be coincidences and, like yeah. that can coexist and like I don't know. Girl. Shit sucks sometimes. And sometimes there's <laughs> aliens in your living room, but then sometimes your son's asthma stops him from dying. <laughs> you got it. No, that's so good. That's the thing. Like this was really, this was a really good one. There have been, uh, I'm trying to think sorry. of my sh- <laughs> No, you're I right. Just went, <laughs> <laughs> no, keep it in. Keep it in. So this movie was so good. So sad. So funny. So scary. But Tara, what do you think the Bravo TV network chose as the 77th scariest movie moment of all time? It's got to be the uh, little alien arm coming out and grabbing Morgan right on the face out of the coal chute, right? Mm-mm-mm. Every time. <laughs> Every damn time. It's, I was, I'll, I'm actually glad you got this wrong because I was worried I gave it away earlier in the podcast, but you, you didn't catch it and that makes me really Finally. happy. <laughs> the, every time I think I caught you doing it, I've never actually caught you doing it. But this so. time I totally <laughs> slipped up, but it's the alien on the news report. It's like the news footage from the birthday party of the alien oh. walking by and it's startling Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, because I've seen it so many times and I was thinking because I've seen it on the Bravo special so no, many times. No, you rescued times, it because like, you were like in GIFs. I was like on GIFs on Twitter. <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah, of course. I got really specific. No, you I was were so good. I spoiled it. <laughs> I disagree. I think he looks a little silly in the in that. Like, I totally scared the shit out of me. I just also like they freeze on his little face and he has like kind of no face but kind of a face and I was like, <laughs> that's the thing i was just like probably like i don't know if i was just desensitized to it because i've seen that yeah. scare so many fucking times that it, that's fair. it's like i'm I, it doesn't do anything to me really. also in 2002 like we're used to like fucking cg it's like i mean holy shit <laughs> the stuff they can make us see in movies is really fucked up now but my i have like two contenders for my scariest i think my scariest is when they see that or when mel gibson sees the alien in the reflection of the tv holding little oh, Roy Culkin. oh my god yeah because I need to that. the night after like i watched signs in the morning and then that night i was going to bed and i have a mirror directly across from my bed oh my god and like i didn't think that this movie scared me but i like turned off the lights and got into bed and i was laying there and i looked at the mirror and i was like what if there was just like a fucking oh. alien right there no 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 no, no. <laughs> and i got so scared and i couldn't sleep <laughs> fucking valid I literally almost, I was like, I gotta turn that mirror around. I was like, I can't be doing this. Um, But then my second contender would be the alien leg jump scare in the cornfield. Because that... The alien leg is really scary, too. I almost said the leg, but then it was just something so horrible. Because I, when they realized the arm was there, I didn't see it. So I only saw when it shot out and grabbed him on the face. And I was like, "Ah." yeah, because I didn't see it. And then like, I was like, what has Rory Culkin's face? Yeah, don't, don't grab the baby, please. Well, speaking of the baby, (gasps) the Bravo TV special opens with Rory Culkin. Ah! Little baby Rory Culkin. Yeah, wait, he's only like two years older. He's so fucking little no little literally i just wrote baby i'm freaking out (laughs) over like a man who is like probably older than us how old he has to be he has to be oh no he's 32 he's born in 89 holy shit well he was a baby here (laughs) wait he's born in 1989 how old was he in 2002 hold the fuck on it says 13 he was 13 (laughs) it depends those colkins are so little (laughs) <laughs> but the 
this little fucking guy. I wrote down exactly what he says. This is everything he says, I believe. He goes, oh. it's about a family on a farm with crop circles in their crops. They don't know what it is. And it's aliens. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I love middle schoolers. They're so funny. And it's aliens. <laughs> God damn it. With That's crop so circles cute. in their crops. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the other person I was excited about was Eric Christian Olsen. Do you know who that is? I don't know. I don't think so. He was in the movie Fired Up. Uh, is that a cheerleading movie? Yeah. He was the blonde guy in Fired Up, which was a movie that was pivotal to me in my middle school experience. <laughs> but he, of all people, is there. I didn't pay attention to what he was in, That like what work they put under his name that made him relevant to this special. But he was there, and he talks about how, like, uh, the scare specifically is scarier because you're focusing so hard trying to follow the camera, and all, like, the kids are in the way. <gasps> oh, so, like, you're yeah. really, like, leaned in, and then it get it walks by Hell and scares yeah. the shit out of you. Yeah. It, I was so startled. Like, just, like, the one-two punch of baby Rory Culkin and then Eric Christian Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Riley. Hi, Tara. What movie are we watching next week? Do you actually know or do you not know? No, I, d- I didn't look. I was waiting to be surprised live on the podcast. Okay, I'm Tara. I'm a good boy. I'm a good noodle. <laughs> Why did I say I'm a good boy? Tara, 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 I have something to tell you. What do you have to tell me, Riley? So next week, we're watching a movie from the year 1981, directed by Sam Raimi, called The Evil Dead. Usually I have like little notes about the movie in my outline, but all I wrote down here was incomprehensible screaming. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. It's the Evil Dead. I'm fucking freaking out. I remember when I saw the list the first time, I was like, oh my God, I'm finally going to get to see the Evil Dead and like all these classic movies and Child's Play. And then one day um, my roommate and I went to go, um, it was her birthday dinner um at her mom's house and her mom also really likes horror movies so we watched the evil dead and child's play in one night and it was incredible i can't wait to fucking talk about this movie <laughs> riley <laughs> yeah guys for context riley and i this is hilarious riley and i got each other in our friend group secret santa which seems Excuse like cheating <laughs> right it like how did that fucking happen that's ridiculous and riley got me a little pillow from um from creepy co not sponsored but hey why not if you guys wanted um and it's the necronomicon and i love him see the thing is that now i'm gonna buy the blanket for the evil dead vhs so sick it's so good i got the halloween one at the time because i was like i can't buy a blanket for a movie i've never seen i have the creep show one i was so Mm -hmm. torn between that and evil dead but like yeah creep show was like our second podcast episode so i was like i want that one so you better tune in for that holy shit guys yeah. It's going to be good, I bet. But until then, you can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Fright Your Life on both those platforms. You can keep yeah, up with baby. us individually, Tara on Twitter at Tara Elwood. And I'm on Twitter at Riley Cassidy one I thought of a really good joke the other day, and I think I forgot to tweet it. I'm so upset. I'm so still thinking Keep about an eye that. out for that, guys. There's a tweet incoming. Uh, so come back next time as we try to give you the fright, the fright of, of your, your life. life. Ooh. Ooh.